Well, I want to dive in, and we're kind of quick on time here this morning because I gave you that review, and I'd like to dive into our, our Holy Spirit series here, the Spirit Forest. We've been talking about how do we as Christ followers grow, and we've been kind of leveraging this Tony, Tony Evans quote saying, spiritual intimacy will expand your spiritual capacity. Your increased spiritual capacity will grant you more access to spiritual power. In other words, the more we pursue Jesus in an intimate relationship with him, he somehow begins to help us let go and allow him to dwell. It's like getting rid of the closets that were filled with secret stuff. And he, and he starts to take more residency in a life, and then he begins to allow more access into our lives, and it, it changes us. It then becomes where this book isn't a moral handbook, where all of a sudden every week you come to church and the pastor gets up and tells you where you're not doing well, and you could feel amazing amounts of blessed guilt and shame. That is not what God intended for the Holy Spirit. He intended that we would surrender our lives to Jesus, we would pursue him because we love him. We would, we would pursue this relationship with God through wanting to know more about who he is through the written word and saying, I want to know why would a God do this? This book becomes more than of a, a love story of a God that loves us. He tells us of the great sacrifice of his son. And in that, he allows us to have, or we allow the, the spirit more room we can sometimes call that the baptism of the Spirit, where all of a sudden that's a full release. Like there's no, no uh, rooms left. It's full residency. Paul will use the word that fully dwell. To fully dwell in your life. And we want to keep talking about that. And we've been talking about whether the Spirit will overwhelm the area of sin or uh, your minds in teaching you or your hearts in your passion. And this morning I want to deal with this area, that he will overwhelm your purpose. He, he will change the focus of your entire life. When you begin to pursue Jesus and, and pursue a relationship with him, again, hear me, it doesn't mean do better. It doesn't mean you have to work harder at being better because you are not good. I am not good. The, the work is surrendering a my life to Jesus in such a way that that relationship becomes one that's real and intimate. For me to experience what I did this morning and to honestly look at Trisha and apologize and then even tell God, forgive me. I just, I just recognize my failure. I recognize how much I need Christ. That is an intimate relationship, one that's vulnerable and open. And when God starts to do that, he changes the purpose of a life. I'm going to whip through some passages this morning. I think you should jot these down. I think these are very critical this morning. And I've been getting a lot of emails on this idea of gifts of the Spirit. We're going to touch on that this morning. I've been getting some uh, stories even in our own family, but some people just about, I've received this gift and everybody else should, or they don't have the Holy Spirit. And I want to shed some biblical answer to some of that because it's in our culture. And it's an abuse uh, that happens often in the church. So how do we talk about this idea of purpose? Let's go first to Mark chapter 10. Jesus is going to have an interaction here with the disciples. And as Jesus always does, he has this brilliant way of allowing this awkward moment to unfold. And yet to have a teaching moment that nobody could have thought of. 
This is Jesus in this moment. Mark uh, is writing this and he says, And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, listen to this question, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Have you read that question? I mean, think about this. This is the creator of the universe. This is the, the one that they're following. And they're asking Jesus, hey, teach, teacher, we like those three wishes that we thought, you know, genies offer when you, you know, find the lamp, right? The genie in the lamp. I need, can you just grant us one wish? I mean, you've thought of that, right? You've thought of that. If I had one wish, what would it be? They're just going to go ahead and be bold enough to ask it. He says to them, what do you want me to do? This is where, you know, I love Jesus, but I'm saying I love how Jesus responds sometimes in these. I mean, he could have said, how dare you? I can't believe you're... He goes, well, what do you want? He's going to play it out. He's going to let these people really expose their humanity, right? Their sinful way. Isn't that what God does with us? Whether it's your car in your driveway, you know what I'm saying? He's going to let the, the reality of who you are be exposed. He says, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant us to sit one at your right hand, one at your left in your glory. Whoa. So not only, they don't ask for like, you know, to win the the Jewish lottery back then. I don't know what it was. Or they ask for the ultimate. We want to have that power. We want to sit in glory right next to you, right and left hand. Interesting note, the commentaries will say, in Jesus, most commentaries or theologians will say Jesus' peak of glory was when he was on the cross. Who is at his right and left? Thieves and murderers. Man, I read that this week and I was on the plane like, oh. I was reading this week and just this reality that if we think that Jesus just came to save you, I think we, we misunderstand what he's calling us to be. Because if he was just to rescue us from this bad place, why doesn't he just, you know, Scotty beam me up and teleport us right to heaven and we're out? Jesus in John 17 says what? He says a prayer to the Father. I, these are my people. They're, they're one with us. And I, but I'm going to leave them in the world. Why would God leave us in the world? so that we could tell others, right, about Jesus. But let me just give you an, essentially an insight about God. Ultimately, because God wants all to worship him. God wants all to worship him. Thieves, murderers, whoever it is, his reason for leaving you on this earth is not so that you get a good education, Get good grades so you get into a good college. Get into a good college so you get a good job. Find a good mate. Make enough money. Get a good job. Golf and die. Sorry, you golfers. I'm not, it's, it's not a bad activity. I'm just saying. That is not how you were designed. God has a purpose for you, and that is that you bear his image, that you might glorify his name, and others may do the same. He's in this interaction for right now, and they're asking, though, for what? For themselves to be exalted and look important. Jesus said to him, you don't even know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm drinking? And that is the cup of suffering and sorrow. Jesus will pay this price ultimately, and it says, are you able to drink this cup that I'm drinking or be baptized with the baptism which I'm going to be baptized, which is death? Well, they respond, or Jesus 
There you go. Come on. Are we frozen? There we go. And then they said to him, we are able. Listen to this response. We could do that. Obviously, they don't understand what Jesus is saying by the cup or baptism. They don't understand. And Jesus says, oh yeah, (laughs) that cup that I'm drinking, you are going to drink. Every disciple, apart from John, will be martyred for their faith. They will die. They will die a horrible persecution. And it says, the baptism for which I am baptized, and you will be baptized. In other words, you're going to die. But to sit at my right hand or my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those whom it has been prepared. And that's, Jesus is talking about heaven and God the Father, Son, and Spirit. And when the ten heard this, so the other ten disciples hear this. Could you imagine being kind of part of that group and you hear those, I can't believe they asked that question. They're either mad because they wish they would have asked the question, right? Because if Jesus is going to grant that. Or, those little turkeys. It says, when they hear, they became indignant at James and John. Jesus called to him, to them and said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and, their great, and the great ones exercise over, authority over them. These, this last verse is giving you insight of what Jesus is trying to do. He let all this unfold to say, hey, you know those people that kind of just do everything to kind of make themselves look important? You know all those people that make decisions in their life and their whole purpose is to glorify themselves? I call those, as he calls them, you have to go to the next one. For some reason, this is not working, guys. Not not the next child, but the next slide. There you go. (laughs) He calls those image makers. Those are people who are passionate about their purpose of making themselves look important. I am a recovering image maker. I would warrant to say probably all of you are too. Because that's how we're born. We're born as sons and daughters of Adam. We're born into this world and we're convinced right away, you can do it. Do it for yourself. Achieve, achieve. Gain knowledge, gain understanding. And what you're about, your purpose is without Christ is all about you. You're an image maker. Even the disciples themselves don't quite grasp the reality. They were not left here in the world, will not be left for their own glory. Jesus will respond, but it shall not be so among you. Here's his whole teaching lesson of this passage. But whoever shall be great among you must be your servant. Essentially, Jesus is saying, I'm going to turn the rules of the game upside down and if you want to be great, you need to be a servant. Diakonos is the, is the Greek term, and it's to put a towel over your arm and to be a waiter. In that time, it was to wash the feet of visitors. We did that here in our services a while back. If you want to be great, if really achieving greatness is what you're about, then start serving like a waiter. Everyone. Not only that, he says, and if you want to be number one, don't we, those of you who are competitive, I'm not competitive at all. Um, if you want to be number one, it says be a slave of all. Be, be a slave, be owned by God and his purpose for you to love other people. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. Jesus had every right to come and say, serve me. 
but he came to serve us, to model something for us, and he gave his life as ransom for many. The word ransom actually means to exchange, like hostage exchange, just to surrender a life for the release of all. In other words, we move from being image makers when we surrendered our life to Christ to becoming image bearers. Jesus didn't simply come to save us from from a track to hell. He wanted us to have a right relationship with him so that we could become image bearers of his name. If you look at your hands right now, and I don't know what the shape of your hands are right now, but it doesn't matter. Every one of you have fingerprints. Do you know? It's fascinating. I mean, just to think about, I don't, whoever buys evolution, I, I don't get this, because the wonder of creation, that there will be no other fingerprint like yours. So God's call in our life was not necessarily to be a better version of Troy. It was through who he's made me to be unique. I will be able to bear his image in a different way. Therefore, I don't have to compare myself to everyone else. I don't have to try to be like Dan or Bobby or, or other people that love Jesus deeply or Ted. And I know those guys love Jesus. And I'm not indicting that. I'm saying I don't have to try to measure to their standard of spirituality. I uniquely am shaped in, in an image of God that he's made me unique. He's made you unique. This is a collection of really unique people in this room. That God said that when we surrender our lives, he can change you from being an image maker, that your purpose is all about you, to making your purpose all about him, and it will be beautiful. The text goes on, 1 Corinthians, and this says in chapter 9, it says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord there is freedom, and we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. In other words, as in our mission, we are transforming. What are we transforming to become? Again, not a better version of you. Not super Troy, like if the Spirit's in him, you're going to see super Troy next week, because I'm going I'm to pull out of that driveway and just be glorified, whether I get in a wreck or not. No, I become more of a reflection of him. And so our, our kind, of, kind of point too this morning is not only be changed from being image makers to image bearers, image bearers for his glory, no one else's. Not, not image bearers so that you look spiritual, not image bearers so that, uh, that the church, at community church in Green Bay looks really good, like they're the best church around. No, it's to reflect his glory. Can you see why God will allow us and as a body to go through whatever necessary to what? To glorify him. Why do you think story after story, the odds are absolutely ridiculous for the men and women of God? And they weren't stories that tell us how supernatural these people were. They're, they're stories of saying, look at God use Anyone and anything, and the most ridiculous odds to what? To glorify himself. When the Spirit gets into your life, he changes your purpose, and it's not about you. It becomes about him for his glory. 
Now, I've been getting emails because there's an abuse here, and it's in the, in the local church. And that is, I've heard terms that say, well, listen, if when you come to Christ, there'll be this, this other feeling that will come. And I do believe that there is an enlightenment of some sort of renewed sense of full surrender of the Spirit in a life. And you can be saved and get the full dose of the Spirit, but there seems to be a surrendering that goes on where the Spirit then takes full control of a life. It is then that we see the Spirit unleash gifts. Now, as we're going to see in chapter 12 here, but also 13 and 14, it is non-biblical and not God when people will say, well, if you don't speak in tongues, then I don't think you have the Spirit. That is so divisive and never what Scripture talks about. Let's read this together. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the what? Common good. If we take this principle that we're image bearers of God, not ourselves, not image makers, then anytime we, we elevate a gift to say, look at me, look at the gift that I have, you should have it too, we are already in direct conflict with biblical mandate that that's not the Spirit's way. One of the great litmus tests or gauges in the Scripture about a gift is that the first fruits, the first fruits that will come out are what? Love and joy. If a gift is being used and it is not under the umbrella of love, it is not from God. It is an image maker attempt at, as the Corinthians did. I, I love somebody come up and said, the Corinthians got it so wrong, Paul had to write a second letter. That's why. Because they're abusing this. For the common good, to one there is given the Spirit a message of wisdom. Ah, so there's another type of release of the Spirit's work in a life. Another message of knowledge. I have a friend, Bill Lenz, I believe has that gift. Amazing depths by means of the same Spirit. Another faith. Some of you have that. Another gifts of healing. Another miraculous powers. Another prophecy. Uh, I think this is how God's used me the most. Prophecy not like in foretelling the future. I cannot do that, I promise you. But God seems to do, I don't feel like I'm a good teacher. I'm going to make a confession right now. I don't feel that good at this. For some reason, God keeps using me, and I keep getting affirmed that you, you are good at that. And I recognize, well, that is not me, because I don't know this as well as others. For some reason, God has put on my life to be able to stand up and talk to people, or even in a room. I don't know why. Some, this, this spirit of prophecy, others distinguishing between spirits, another speaking in different types of tongues, and still another interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and same spirit as he distributes them. He is distributing them to each one as he determines. In other words, anyone who comes to you and says, if you don't do this and get this gift, friends, there is nothing you can do to get the gift on your own. When you surrender your life to Christ, when you begin to develop that intimate relationship with him, capacity begins, the, the spirit takes over, and he will manifest as he chooses to use you when and how and what he wants to do. It is not for you. It is not because you pray for an hour. And the problem with a lot of theology in the scripture is that people will take a narrative. That means a historical account. Pentecost did happen when the Holy Spirit came. 
But if we're to take that and say that's what should happen in here, then look out, fire marshal, because there's going to be fire and wind in this room. And that is not how the passage is to be read. There is no doubt in my mind that the Holy Spirit exists, that his manifestations of great and powerful gifts do happen today. I absolutely believe that. All of these on, on the screen and more. I don't believe that they're all manifested in this list. But how they happen, they're not because of us. We're image bearers for his glory and for the common good of the body of Christ. They're to glorify his name. How does this happen? Quite simply, Acts 2, 42-47. Again, another narrative. We have to be very cautious to say, well, let's prescribe and let's do all these things. Often people have read this and said, well, they devoted themselves to teaching, so let's just teach and have communion and do prayers and maybe this stuff will happen. This is not a formula. This is a visible response of a community that has a spiritually intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And when that happens, the Spirit opens up capacity and sin is overcome and our minds were taught and our hearts are changed and our purpose changes. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, the breaking of bread into prayers, and awe came upon every soul. Have you ever had awe? You know what that means? It's that event or something that you see kind of trans, uh, or unfold in a life around you. And it could have been a moment where finances were covered or, or healing or a message or conviction, something going on. Have you ever had this? Where all of a sudden you step and go, whoa, that, that wasn't me. Anybody had that happen? It's like a God moment. Yes. Some of you are like embarrassed to say you've seen that. I've seen that. I've seen that in you. I've seen that around our church. I've seen that around people's lives where you go, whoa, that wasn't me. That was a God thing. It's a God thing that a family would come and say, here's a million dollars. We don't want to be mentioned ever and pay off the mortgage. That's a God thing. That's, whoa. That wasn't Troy convincing people to empty their wallets. A woman that walks in and says, the moment I walked in, my life was transformed. I surrendered my life for Christ. Whoa. That wasn't because we have this great parking team and because the sign is amazing and it's just convicting as you walk in. Do you see what I'm saying? There are these awe moments that start to unfold in a community of believers that are surrendered to Christ and God starts to move. They're seeing that. And awe came upon every soul and wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Friends, I think we're seeing wonders and signs. Just of what we put up earlier about the review of our church are wonders and signs that God is at work. God's doing things. People are selling things. There was a story we heard, Trisha told me this story. We're eventually going to begin to do Compassion Kids. And I was just out there at their headquarters, but... There's a story of a man, um, I don't know if he's connected, he's connected to our church somehow through a relative, but his, and he's passed, uh, but his life, he worked for IBM. God captured his life, and so his life wasn't about just retiring and going to somewhere warm. That's not bad, I'm just saying, that wasn't the purpose of his life. You know what he chose? He got a bus driver job. 
so that he could support more compassion kids. Friends, that's awe. Whoa. That's a God thing. That's not to say you need to go get bus driver jobs. It's to say that when God is at work in the lives of his people and his followers, and as you surrender more of your life, he changes the purpose of your whole life. I have sat with many people that said, I don't know why I'm saying this. I think I'm supposed to leave, leave work, leave my whole profession. I just had a conversation with a brother this week whose whole life, he's close to retirement, is saying, I'm nervous and scared because I think I'm supposed to do this. I think I'm supposed to jump ship on being an image maker in this area and an image bearer in this area. It will radically shift everything in his whole life. It says here that they were, uh, all who believed were together and had all things in common. This is a beautiful statement. Can I just give you a quick, uh, kind of a depth understanding of what this means? It doesn't mean they just agreed, like I agree with the church here at Community Church and everything's good. No, it's like a bunch of musicians up here starting to play a note. I play a note. Well, I can't play a note, but whoever was up here started to play notes, and all of a sudden we'd realize, wait, those notes are playing a sheet of music. They're playing a symphony. They're playing something that's moving in a direction. When the body of Christ is surrendered in an intimate relationship with him and allowing the Holy Spirit, notes are being played on the uniqueness of who you are and it is writing a great symphony. It is writing a masterpiece that all people can do is go, whoa, they, they are that in sync with one another. They are that connected. So much, it says, they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing uh, and proceeds to all who had need. In other words, they're doing ridiculous financial planning stuff. What they're saying is, no longer am I an image maker for what I'm supposed to build up and do. I'm going to be an image bearer and the glory will all go to God. This is not to say to be bad stewards of money or time or resources. It's all to say is, what is the purpose of your life? It says, and day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. God was creating the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness. It says, and praising God and having favor with all the people, the Lord added to their number. It doesn't say their strategy added to their number. It doesn't say that their good giving to the Go ministry, you know, added to their number. Their attendance added to their number. It says God grows churches and fellowships that are surrendered to God. That purpose is being overwhelmed by the Spirit and He begins to add to that number. He begins to grow the body. We are image bearers for his glory, for our good, with his power. This isn't a pursuit of gifts. We shouldn't be trying to acquire a gift of prophecy or, or go to some meeting and try to muster up Holy Spirit in us. Our focus this morning, if anything, needs to be focused on that we need to become image bearers and stopping image makers and we do that by pursuing Jesus 
we do that by leaning into that relationship with Christ. And for some of you this morning, it could be for the first time surrendering. Say, God, I've got to let go of me trying to be an image maker in my work or in my family. And you need to look at yourself and say, stop comparing with the world. Stop comparing with other Christians that are around. You have a unique thumbprint, fingerprint of who God's made you to be. He wants you to glorify Him. You do that by surrender. I sat with this soldier again on the plane who said, he goes, you know the biggest lesson I had to learn? is that being a man, being tough, being, in, being successful in life is not controlling it and conquering it as you're taught as a soldier. Because he was the best of the best. He was in Afghanistan. He was a Red Beret. Serious, serious fighter. He said, it's surrender. He says, lying in a hospital bed, having to be tended to, taught me a lesson of the spiritual journey is full brokenness before God. You want to be intimate this morning with Jesus? Do you want power in your life that just creates the awe factor with people around you? Stop working hard to pretend that. You need to surrender. That's a brokenness before the Father of how flawed you really are. This morning, He's calling us, as the song we were singing, He's calling, He's calling, He's calling us to the cross. He's calling you to the cross so that you recognize the gift that was done for you. You don't have to work at that. And you surrender so that you become a bearer of his name. And people point and go, wow, look at God in them. Look at, at the wonder of what God's done through them. Father, we pray this morning as we go to the cross, might we not forget that you came to seek and save those who don't know you, to restore that relationship, Father, but so that we'd have a purpose, a new one. And that purpose to be bearers of your image. Father, forgive me for times not bearing your image often in my home, in my personal life, in the church, what I say, what I hear, what I watch. In the community, God, I, just the list goes on. And God, I seek and long to be a mirror of your glory. God, will you transform our church? Teach us what it means to be intimate with you. In Jesus' name, amen.